Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. I think this is episode 217 or something like that. This is your host, Tony Kainas, and today I have with me Jeff McIntosh, a 37-year-long agent, if, if, if my math is correct. Uh, I, I, I couldn't do it on my fingers. I had to actually pull out my calculator because right, we didn't learn math that way when I was going to school. <laughs> is it 33? 33 years? 33 years long agent and author. Uh, the most unlikely author, if you ask him, of this beautiful thing. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for, for for the review copy. I am blown away by by the production quality of this of this thing. It it it's certainly made to be a reference book on my desk and last for be inherited to to the next generation in the agency for sure. Uh, so so uh, thank you for joining us today. How how is it going? Oh great, yeah, everything's great because I'm inside. It's cold outside. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, so, so we we always give the guests kind of the chance of doing the elevator speech. So, 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 what is this book, and 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 who, uh, who is it for? Well, the the simplest way to put it is, this is the book I wish that I'd had uh, when I started as an agent. Okay, it's all the things that you're not taught that you have to learn on your own, and most people never learn. Um, there's a uh, 75% is, is a number uh, that I've heard. You've used a higher number. And actually, if, you know, if I want to look at what our success has been, um, your number is probably closer. So between 75 to 90% of agents that we hire, especially in the commercial side, fail. And what I wrote about is exactly why they fail. It's not because they can't operate a phone and can't call somebody up and ask them to come see them. It's they don't know what to do once they're there and they don't know how to prepare an application and they don't know how to get a good quote or provide the coverage. So um, that's why I wrote the book was it's, it's more humanistic. I'm not an author, as, as you mentioned, uh, absolutely hated every moment. It took me 11 months. Um, not, it took me 11 months because I'm, I'm dyslexic. So writing is a nightmarish hell for me. Um, and it was for the editors too. It took almost as much time, if not more, to edit it. And it went through two edits. Um, finally, uh, a lady in my office threw pity on me that was, uh, uh, I got a sh shout out to Nanette. She, I gave her a copy and, and I knew what was coming. Right? I knew she was gonna say, oh my gosh, what in the hell? Uh, because you see my emails. That's how you know if one of my emails really came from me, if it's full of, if it's one long sentence with no commas and full of spelling errors, you can authenticate it that way. So she came back, she found over a thousand typos. This was after it had been edited. So COVID, you know, really it enabled me to take it back out of print uh, and go through and make all those changes. And so it's really hard for me to see. Um, I just recently figured out how to distinguish between recipe and receipt, right? One, one ends in an E and one ends in a T. But, but the way my mind works and the way my eyes work, I don't see that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so this was hellish. Um, Content-wise, it's what I've done for just about every day for 33 years. That was a breeze. Um, and it, for, for my edit. Uh, editors that reviewed content, I used underwriters, uh, five of them, and a couple different uh, specialties that, that they worked on. 
a few of them went through the whole thing. Uh, one um, of them was just work comp. One was uh, just in the Marine. And, uh, and I sent it to them. And it's important because that's who we're preparing these for. That's who grades our papers. So I sent it to them. I said, look, correct what I missed. Um, add things I, I didn't add. And, and so the product is a group effort. Um, I'm the only one dumb enough to put my name on it. <laughs> uh, so, so basically, you, you, you lived it. You lived it, you learned the hard lessons, and you found that the hard lessons were not how to sell, which is what I would have expected. The hard, I, I've never been an agent, but I, I expected oh. the hard part to be how to sell. So, so really, the, the hard part, in, in, your, in your opinion, after, after 33 years, is getting the right quote at the right price from the right underwriter. And, and as a former underwriter, I agree that the, with, with, with the, in order to get that quote and in order to have that partnership with, with, with the underwriter, you need a properly filled application. Every, every misfilled application drops you to the bottom of, of the pile. We might never get to you. Uh, and and a, a, the, the, the habit of a well-filled out application with all, with all the info I, I, I need as, as the underwriter certainly sends you to the, to the top of the pile sure. with, without question, right? Because I know that, that we can write business together without going back and forth 10,000 times. You know, not, not, to, not to strangle off some of the sales gurus out there, but I never had a single sales class or sales training or anything of that. Um, and this, this will probably get some attention, but the sales part's easy. Um, you know, if you have some, if you're confident and you understand what you're talking about, and you have something that will help people, that's easy to sell, folks. That's not hard. Um, now, there, there are people that have, you know, a little shy, right? Um, mm -hmm. But that's confidence as well. I mean, certainly, if you can't pick up the phone and talk to strangers, you're going to have to overcome that. But if you can overcome that, then, then it's downhill. Um, when you learn how to complete an application, you're really doing two things. You're learning how to examine what the risk and the need is of the client and, and what, what the underwriters want. So what an agent really does, we're not salespeople. We negotiate a legal contract. The policy is a legal contract between two people. Absolutely. So we have to know what the contract says. Um, you can't take someone that, and I know some, they're just painfully shy and give them all knowledge in the world, they're not gonna be very good at this because mm -hmm. they're not comfortable, you know, in talking to other people, but, but that's all really sales is. It's confidence and understanding what you're doing. Now, there are people that, that are full of crap, right? Uh, they don't last very long um, because it, it proves out, you know, we have a claim. So, um, so how do you, for, for, for young agents out there, for, for new agents out there, the, who are right? They're, they're, they they have the right personality for it. Sure. They, they uh, they're not afraid to talk to people. They're not afraid to to make phone calls. They're not afraid to sit down with a client. Uh, but they're new, and and they're a little intimidated by the sheer amount of different carriers, policies, lines of business, types of business that, that we insure. Like like 
yeah. uh, right? And, and the agency is one of those old, good old, uh, here's the phone book and, and good luck, like, like with very little yeah. support. What, 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 what do you recommend for, for them? How, how, would you, how would you get started if you, if you were in, in their shoes? How, how do you build that confidence and understanding in, in, in the product that, that, that you have access to? This is why I wrote the book. Um, there is a lot to learn. And this book is not everything that you need to learn. This book is the means and methods. Okay. So you take a CPC course or a CIC course or any continuing ed course. You still need to do all those things. But what I do is I tell you what to do with that information. And that's where they all fall short. That's where they all stop. They're all assuming that you know what to do with that information. You know, when, when you're new and you're starting out, take a deep breath, right? Um, it's the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. You're not going to do this in a year or two years or three years. Yeah, you know, I, I put together some numbers for you just just to give you a little information. Um, it took me six years. After six years, okay, my total commission book was $56,882. So, so after six years, after six, on year six, you, you, you had a renewal book of 56,000 basically. Uh, so, so, so basically, now this was, this was a, a while ago. So, so inflation, right? But, but. Uh, well, well, easy on the age here. Yeah, but. So, so 1987. Listen, yeah. I'll talk about inflation for you <laughs> because I've written the policies all this long. It ain't much. Yeah, for the last several years, it, it has not been really, really problem. not. So, so it took you six, six years to get to like a comfortable pay for yourself, basically. I wouldn't call it comfortable. You think of the percentage that you get at, at fifty-six thousand. <laughs> That's not what I earned. Um, oh, that but, was the, the the overall. Okay, so overall so, so that, that was the revenue to the agency. Yes, you're, yeah. you're getting a percentage of that. Yeah, it's extremely small, Tony. I, I know you're struggling with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The next yeah. year, mm-hmm. the next year, the seventh year, I wrote 179,000. Okay, so 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 you wrote what like three times Flex. as much on your seventh year than you did on your first six together. Yes. Basically. Yes. Uh, my fifteenth year. 372,000. I, I want people to see what a scale looks like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 20th year, 631,000. My 25th year, 762,000. Okay. My 27th year, and every year since, it's been over a million. This doesn't happen overnight. Now, you can do it a lot better and a lot faster than I did because I had to teach myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the uncommon thing, if you will. And, and what's uncommon about me is I'm extreme hardhead. I wasn't going to quit. You know, <laughs> I would eat dirt before I would admit that I couldn't do it. And, and I think that is going to be the struggle. Uh, I, I come from the generational perspective, right? Uh, my, my passion with it, with insurance is, how to help insurance be a fantastic career for millennials and, and Gen Zers and, and how to help those millennials and Gen Zers grow within the insurance industry instead of, instead of drop out. The Gen Zers are greedy. Uh, they've been forged in, in, during tough times. The millennials, we're spoiled. And, and I can't imagine your average millennial uh, lasting for five years if, if they haven't found success. So we need to like short circuit uh the, the success loop 
in both the carrier and the agent side. On the carrier side, it's pretty easy. But on, on the broker and agent side, uh, we, we need to figure out, and it doesn't appear that most agencies have figured that out, how, how to create those successful agents in, in a matter of three, four years. No, they haven't. Um, and it's very expensive for us. Uh, the fact that this book did not already exist is beyond stupid. Uh, honestly, and, I don't know and, and, and you're else. you are correct. I I don't think anything like this existed. I, I am a giant nerd, and I have uh, ran around the libraries at out of this one carrier uh, nationwide. I've ran around the insurance library in Boston. Uh, I've ran around Amazon and eBay searching for insurance book re, books, regardless of the of of whether they're old. And I'm I'm looking around here to see if I have any nearby. Uh, and I have found some really interesting stuff out there, but no, nothing like this. Uh, the, the the closest thing that comes to mind is Randy. What is it? what's his last name? Swans, uh, Swartz, uh, right. yeah, the, the Wedge. Wedge. Yeah, that's that's the closest thing I can think of, and that's a sales book. That's yeah. not right. That the, I, I do recommend it to to every young agent, uh, yes. but that might help you get in front of the client, and it might help you get permission to get them a quote. Yes. But it, it's not going to help you get the quote, get the, the right quote from the underwriter. That, that's for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't an think an analogy. Like I want to keep you on the wedge group for a minute mm -hmm. if I can. Because I've talked to Randy uh, and I called him and I said, Randy, I just wrote for you a book of wedges. The whole book is a book of wedges. See, I don't write insurance because I tell somebody a snappy story. I write insurance because I examine the risk. I show them their current policies is missing. What's wrong about it? And every one of them, including mine. Uh, and there's, there's reasons for that. The, the reason for me is not the same as the reason that I take it from. Okay. It's because a lot of people write insurance don't know what they're doing. Um, our clients do things different all the time. So they're always changing and they don't always tell you. So every policy out there has got a problem. And that's, that's unsettling, but it's also opportunity. But um, you're right. Wedge is very similar, but it's a salesman. I tell you what all those wedges are. That's exactly how I sold. I didn't need Randy to tell me that. I actually predating when it comes to his book. But that's what I did. That's exactly what I did. I think he was spying on me. Um, not the first few <laughs> years, right? He, he, no one was watching me then. Um, but this is exactly why I wrote it. Six years is too long for anybody, for any job. I'm, I'm technically 1963, right? I'm, I'm a, the last of the baby boomers, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I didn't like it one damn bit either. I didn't, I didn't like being poor. I, I didn't like working my ass off and, and getting nowhere and no one telling me why. Uh, other than, well, you're not making enough calls. Bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that ain't it. You know, you know, you're not getting enough appointments. Well, that's not it either. I can't, I don't have any more time. See, when I came around, you had to go drive, see them. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the internet. Um, I couldn't have any more appointments. I didn't know what to do with it. Um, that's why I wrote the book. Yeah, I wrote it for these generations that are like, teach me, show me. I want it now. I want to do it now. I want it, I want it now then. That's not a true difference, to be honest with you. I think that's okay. all talking. But um, 
because that that's really really not different. Now maybe maybe we were more, more patient. Maybe there weren't as many opportunities, and maybe the generation of us. I I, I think part of it was there was a significant penalty career wise for switching companies too much. Uh, still and, is. And, and it, it, that's gotten a lot better. Uh, but but I, I either way, I agree with you. The book should have existed. Like like this should have. We've been doing insurance for a very long time. We've been selling insurance through the agency system for a very very long time. There are carriers, right? Westfield Insurance is 175 years old, uh, yeah. right? In in fact, uh, P- Pennsylvania contributorship is older than the U.S. <laughs> it was founded before 1776 by Benjamin Franklin himself. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there were agents back in that day, but probably. But we've had agents for at least 100 plus years. And somehow <laughs> nobody wrote this book. That's uh, a great point because many, many, many could have and might have done a better job than I did. Um, so why didn't they? And why did I? Um, well, I know exactly why they didn't do it first. It, it wouldn't occur to them. I mean, most people don't know that there's no such thing out there. Uh, plus, if you're an agent you're, and you're capable of writing this book, you don't have time to do it. I did this on weekends. That, I, that, that is very true. It, it, it's uh, one of those, uh, those who can't do teach and those who can't teach teach PE. Uh, yeah, the, the, the professors in general don't come, are, are not practitioners, right? Um, so, so yeah, successful agents. Well, I want to are... address that because, okay. because I'm not a teacher and I have the utmost respect for them. And what I did learn, someone taught me. So, you know, I, I know that's common and, and, um, and I don't want to, you know, kind of rain on it, but um, I have the utmost respect for them. And my wife's a teacher. I have no, no I, I, I agree with that. that yeah. Uh, and, and I know that's not where you're going. That's, that's mm. pretty common. Those that can't do teach. But, you know, if you look at, you know, and people say, well, why are the universities, they don't teach, they don't teach. This is not the university's fault. There's a lot of degree colleges. It's our fault from an industry of not saying, hey, show this, teach this. Let's give you material mm. because we've given them all their material and it's, and it's good material, but it's not enough. It's not the base, we, we have ignored the means and methods of what to do with this. Maybe a, a better way to put, to put my, my, my comment would be uh, the, the opportunity cost for a successful yeah. agent to, to sit down for a year and, and write this in, into a book or a textbook is significant because the agency profession is, is once you're successful, it's so profitable. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it's, it's hard. I, 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 it's God's work. Like, like I, it's, uh, uh, yeoman's work. My boss would say like, like, thank you for putting in the, in the work. Um, uh, and, and I, I think it, one thing that, that, that I mean, that, that I thought of, uh, this whole conversation is it reminds me a lot of, of law school. I didn't go to law school, but I know a lot of people that did, but my understanding of, about law school is you go to law school to learn the theory of how the law works. And then you graduate and you have no idea how to actually take a, a case to court. Your law firm teaches you that piece, right? You don't learn how to litigate in law school. You, you learn the theory of the, of the law and where it came from. Uh, but the application you learn at, at work in, in your law firm. And I, and I think that, that maybe that's, that's where 
where we have failed as an industry uh, and, and left it for, for the agents and brokers to, to survive on their own. And we've been perfectly okay with, with a you know, 8% survival rate or something crazy stupid like, like that. Uh, yeah. um, so frame it in, in like this, all right? Teaching someone to swim by throwing them in the water. Well, when eight out of 10 drowned, <laughs> something wrong with the system. You yeah. Just stop doing that. Okay. Uh, uh, it, it, it amazes uh, me that it took us this long to stop doing that. And, and th there were efforts, right? You, you mentioned in the book, like, like carrier training programs, right? So, so for example, the, the, the Hartford has a famous Hartford school of insurance that, that a lot of lucky producers get sent to and they learn commercial insurance and, and they learn how the Hartford writes commercial insurance. And a lot of successful producers have gone through it, but clearly it, it, even those efforts, and, and CIC is, is, is another good example. I love CPCU, but CPCU yep. is, is, is carrier heavy uh, and very academic. On Hartford. Let me jump in on Hartford mm -hmm. School. So while I was writing this book, we had hired 12, 12 new commercial producers, okay? And I couldn't write the book fast enough. We were using a sales training method. Um, I kept telling them, no, please don't do this. You're, you're wasting understand it's like five fifty thousand a person you know to hire someone there's a huge cost to an agency we have lost more than a million dollars over the last 10 years trying to train people that aren't here anymore we got nothing all right mm -hmm. so they sent them to hartford school okay uh as i understand it and if you're from hartford uh don't don't send me email because i don't care uh but if you want to do something more meaningful i'll help you um, so it's, it's three grand. You send them to New Jersey and it's two weeks. So here's what they did. They came back and they had these manuals and they said, we know you're writing this book. You know, can you check this out? Well, I looked through it. I didn't find the word application in any of those manuals. <laughs> not, not one. Okay. And so they came to me and go, okay, this is great. How do we do this? Well, here's the problem. In two weeks, they taught them everything you could possibly ever want to know in insurance. So that's like buying a new tree, a, a new tree and putting a year's worth of water on it in the first two weeks and then never water it again and be amazed why the damn thing died. You drowned it to begin with. So they didn't learn anything or they learned fragments. It's way, way, way too much information. You can't learn this book in two weeks or a month. This is a year. This is a good year. And it's a reference guide. As you mentioned, you can always go back and take a look at it. Um, some of the older agents or agents have been around for a while. We're looking at it and go, oh, hell, I, I forgot all about that. Or, or that's a good point. I don't do that. Um, some of the things in there, you know, I work with some, uh, some claims folks and I sent it to them. I said, what do you think about this? Yes. Why in the hell are anyone telling people this um but yeah if you look at the schools that the insurance carriers are putting out there um they don't tell you how to complete a nap and it drives me nuts uh maybe the best stakeholder you're an underwriter so as you read it think have this in your head how much easier would your day be um the underwriters that were my reviewers and i didn't ask this question but i got a lot of information back right that i didn't expect they said, you know, we spend half our day chasing information for applications that, that aren't on here. And, and it's just a waste. It's a waste of my time. 
how much there is better could they do their job um, um, if, if, if the app was just right? There is a saying in, in the medical world. I come from a family of doctors. I'm, I'm the black sheep. Uh, and, and there's a saying in the medical world, uh, show me a, a, a medical student that only doubles my workload and I'll, I'll kiss his feet. Uh, and I think it's, it's very similar. As, as, as an underwriter, uh, give me an agent that every time sends me computer ap- applications, preferably for business within my appetite. Absolutely. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I'll happily kiss, kiss their shoes, basically. Uh, so I, I agree with that completely. <laughs> so what, you know, what, a, what a lot of folks learn how to do and what they, how they try to complete applications is they try to get a copy of the current policies. And so then they're going to copy over information from those policies. Well, there's a problem with that. Um, about a third of the underwriting information is never on a policy. Number Very one. Very true. Number, mm-hmm. number two, how do you know that policy's right? That's that's the wedge. You know, you want the policy so you can ask questions and find out what's wrong with it. So here's an easy one for you. You pick up a policy and it's got a building limit. The building limit is an even number. It's a million or it's 500,000. That's as rare as going to the grocery store, right? And paying and, you know, they- Yeah, 100.00, yeah. And it hits right on on the number, right? It doesn't happen. So I already know they didn't do a cost estimate. And probably worse than that, they probably said to the client, well, what's your building worth? They don't know. They don't know. You do a cost yeah, they'll they'll, touch, they'll they'll at the very best tell you either how much it cost to build it 20 years ago, or how much its uh, tax uh, assessed value is, which is not replacement cost. Oh, or or what what they owe the bank. Or or correct yes. Yeah, I'm thinking. Okay, you you only want to insure the bank's interest, none of your equity. What are you doing? <laughs> we need to have another conversation, right? But. But they don't know this because no one talks to them. So mm-hmm. it's very easy to sit down. When was your building built? I walk people through that in the book. I say, this is how you do this. This is where you find the information. So there are PVA websites, property value assessor websites. We, all the counties in Kentucky. I'm in Kentucky, right? Blue and white. Um, I just pull those up and I can get most of the information that I need to do a cost estimate. And... Because if you ever ask an insurer, what year was your building built? They have no idea. Yeah, what was the last remodel? When did you last yeah, redo they, the they electric? But you can get that information. So so even though I'm an old guy, apparently, I don't think I am, um, I do know how to use the internet. Believe me, if I had it when I started, oh my God, you know. Uh, so there's so much information that you can capture um, that you, you, you can just confirm, you know. So you can do this yourself. And then, then what I do with them, when I get them, I send them to the client. And I say, okay, this is what it says. Well, what do you think? You know, because there's there's a lot of play in there. Is this, is this better than average type construction? Do you have the oak paneling or, you know, what, what do you got in here? Um, but I explain to people how to do that. Okay. So if you look at the CPC manual or, or, or the traditional, you know, what I call theory manuals or policy manuals, <coughs> They just talk about the need for it, the need for proper insurance, what co-insurance is. They don't tell you how to figure it out. So that, that's where I kind of step in. I said, here's how you get there. And here's what it means. 
Um, everything doesn't need to be replacement cost, okay? Um, what about functional replacement cost? Well, what is that? Well, why would I need to do that? Well, suspense co-insurance, you know, I tell them. I tell them exactly why you need that, why you should discuss it. Um, that, that's what's missing. And that's the things that people have to learn. And it's hard for you to compete when you don't know how to complete an application. You don't know what's wrong with the policy they have now. And there's always something wrong. And you can't communicate to the underwriter that's gonna say, let's give this preferred rating. See, many people don't know that you've got a lot of credits, but what, what do you hate as an underwriter? The unknown. The more I can tell you, and the more I know truthful and factually I can show you and prove you, the more likely you are to give me a quote that I can sell. So the, uh, um, I, I, I was at first, uh, my first underwriting job, I, I was a small commercial underwriter, a small commercial farm with Nationwide Ag. And, and at, at, at Nationwide Ag, I had a 25% uh, authority to go up or down from the actuarial price that the system gave me. And uh, then I show up at, at Liberty Middle Market. And during the interview, I, I asked, what, what, is, what is my authority? What, my, my, what, what, what ability to deviate for, from, from the system price will I have? And, and my boss, very, very nice guy, Dan Paterlein, like 30-some-year underwriting uh, manager at, at Liberty, just a great technical underwriter and a great leader. And, and, he, and he laughed in a very friendly way, like a big belly laugh. And, and, and he explained that you have some level of, of, of authority, de depending on, on, on some other characteristics of the policy. But ultimately, you can price it at whatever you want, as long as you can make a good case to me or my boss or right, to, to whoever has the authority to go that far, uh, right? So, and, and in order to make that case, I need all the info that, that I don't know because it's not my client, right? I, I don't have direct access to the client. So yeah, the, the better job, that, the, the, and, 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 and there were absolutely agents. I, I had the state of Mississippi and I, I was middle market for, for Mississippi. I, I worked out of Atlanta, Georgia, and, and uh, uh, I, I had only kind of larger brokers. And uh, some of them were absolutely fantastic. They, they only came with things that were in appetite. And they had a beautiful application and a beautiful, um, a, a great narrative of why this particular company is, is a great risk for you. And if, if there was a little hair on it, they were triple honest up front. Right. Hey, this is they would call me first. Right. Hey, this is a, a a messy one, but I think we can do it. And this is why it's messy. Right. They've had a bad claims history, but here's everything they've done since then to fix it. Uh, and absolutely, we can if you give me the input, we, we can we, we want to write it for you. Yeah, but, we don't teach this. We don't teach agents the value of that. So so this is this is where I interview you. Right. If, if uh, agent A gives you a, a half completed application on the very same risk and agent B gives you an excellent application, well now agent A may not get a quote, but if they do, if they're unfortunately the first one in, right? Then, then this, is, this is a bad thing for the carrier. You're handcuffed. You are correct. Uh, at Liberty, uh, I didn't miss. At Liberty, I didn't make the call on, on who blocked who. <clears throat> Uh, but yes, if, if the blocker 
was a really crappy agent and the blocked was one of my best agents, we'd, we'd cry together <laughs> because I, I'm not going to get the business either. <laughs> yeah. Well, but what if it's enough for you to quote it? You know, you have, you would give one quote and a different quote. So, so companies don't give different quotes to different agents. Yeah, they do. They do, but it's based on fact. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. Based on what they understand. They don't play favorites in that I like this person and I don't like that person. But that's how it comes off. But the truth is, I gave them a better quote because it gave me more information. From what you told me, I really didn't want to write it until they explained it to me and showed me the loss control. See, you don't just send loss runs in. You read them and you say, okay, call the insurance. What is this claim? I'll give you a great example of that. I had a lady call me and they had a, um, it was a garden center type of thing, right? And they were doing... um, a greenhouse. And so they were using an old barn, aluminum wiring. Okay. And they were rigging this thing up with grow lights. Well, what do you think happened? The damn barn burned down. Okay. Did, so did it happen? Did it, did it happen to be cannibals also? Is that why you had some, why, why so many no, lights were needed? In, in a state where it wasn't legal? No. Okay. No, Kentucky, I've we're not there yet. I don't know why. We, 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 obviously a lot of people don't know it's illegal. Um, <laughs> So, so the building burns down. So she calls me and says, well, I got my renewal and it's like triple what I paid last year. And it's all because this barn, my building burned down. I have a 300 and some thousand dollar claim on there. Now the premium on it's like six grand. Okay. So I said, well, what did you do with your 300,000 that you got from your claim? Well, we built a brand new building. It's, it's concrete floors. It's brand new. We, we use metal, uh, metal decking. You know, metal interiors, all this. I said, so it's basically designed to be this, and it's. Yeah, things fireproof. And basically. I said, yeah. I said, well, I can get you a quote, and I can be competitive with your expiring, because see, I don't care about that three hundred thousand dollar loss. That's not your risk moving forward. And so I just I send loss runs to the carrier, and the underwriter calls me and goes, "Have you lost your damn mind?" And I said, <laughs> "Yes, but that has nothing to do with this account." here's the story. They go, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got no problem with that. Cause we're not insuring old barn. All right. We don't teach people this. We don't teach it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's embarrassing that we don't, but, but those things are in the book and many, many other examples, you know, work comp, you know, general liability, everything. We, we put people and say, here, write a policy, and we never explain the classification codes to them. What's the number one mistake in GL and work comp is they use the wrong class code. Why did you use that class code? Well, because that's what it was on the policy before. Well, that person was an idiot. That's why they're not their agent anymore. You know? Um, I'll give you a simple one with that. With concrete. Concrete contractors build wooden forms pour their concrete in, okay? Everyone that is a concrete uh, contractor calls those guys that build those forms their carpentry crew, okay? So if you look at the class codes for both GL and work comp, carpentry, um, it's a higher rated code. It's almost double not to three times what concrete code is for both work comp and general liability. Well, I can't tell you how many of those folks are written because I find out that their class is 
carpentry. Well, if you read the actual class code, right, you don't just read the header, you actually read what's underneath it. It tells you that if they're building forms, wooden forms, that goes in concrete. So I pick up clients that, that work concrete. I target them for a long time because they were all written that way. And they were being charged $23 um, uh, for their work comp or $12 for their work comp per hundred when their carpentry guys are putting carpentry, it should have been in, in concrete. That's a $5 rate. I got one insured because you can go back, right? Three years in Kentucky, you're allowed to go back three years on an audit. One guy got back $79,000 when we just corrected those codes. <clears throat> All right. So, so I didn't need to go to a sales class to tell somebody that, hey, I can save you $79,000 if you let me fix it for you. What's it cost for me to fix it for you? Nothing. Nothing. So those are the things that, that I teach in the book. That, that's what it's about, how to actually do this the right way. If you do it the right way, it, you'll succeed. It won't take you six years. It took and, me six years to learn this. <laughs> Uh, so the, the book came out this year, right? If, if I'm not uh, incorrect. Um, yes, uh, it was, I started it in September of 2018 and uh, it was first published out, uh, I think it actually went, it was copyrighted in 2019 and uh, it was February of this year and it was released and then I took it back out and then in August of this year, uh, it was corrected. Well, it still might need to be corrected, mm. but it was so, much better, okay? And in that short time, it's already been uh, adopted by the Eastern Kentucky University RMI program, right? They're using it for a class? Not quite. Um, okay. That, so COVID's kind of hit. And uh, we have a little bit of a problem with, the teachers being able to teach the course. So, so my next, um, my next task, if you will, is to try to put together an asynchronous guide. So maybe a series of, of videos mm -hmm. uh, that we can we can talk about the section. So we'll set it up like a college course and say, okay, if you read page ten through twenty five, and then have a video uh, about it expanding. Uh, to help the teachers. Um, and I'm actually working with an insurance company now, and I won't, I won't mention their name, um, that wants to use it uh, to train their underwriters. And also even broadly offering it like, like Hartford and, and uh, some of the other carriers to their agents. Um, and so they, they like the idea of the asynchronous class where we can, and maybe you and I can work on that together because you obviously got this part down. Um, I, I can't tell you how confused I am with some of this technology, but I'm <laughs> learning, learning. Um, that that they can they can be able to to train their underwriters. See that the, the title is there because the underwriter has to know everything the agent knows, and the agent really needs to know everything the underwriter. Knows. So that's your greatest partner in this in this venture. I've not done any of this by myself. It's not possible. You can't do that. Um, so the problem that they're having is, is that they don't really know how to teach it. So, 
So now I'm drugged back in. <laughs> so they don't really know how, how to teach it. I don't know how deep, how deep you can go in, into that. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that the RMI schools teach the academic view of risk management and of insurance. They're professors. They're not, they're not practitioners. Yeah. Uh, or they, they might come fr from a career career and then gone into, into teaching Uh, but my guess is they're not retired agents because agents tend to not retire. <laughs> they're making well, too much money no, to retire. No. Um, I mean, it's possible, but this, this kind of leads into why I wrote the book. Um, it, <laughs> it's not for need. I had no need to write this book. Um, the, we hired a couple of kids, and this uh, hiring has always been a problem, of course. And, and I've mentored people and I'll talk about mentoring later almost all of them fail have, have in the past almost every single one of them. Um, and it's because it didn't have a guide and it's because it didn't have the time well I have those things now but it didn't dawn on me right um, so we hired a couple of kids out of uh, EKU's program great program great kids smart just whips okay and we get them in here And they actually apprenticed with me some, but you know, I showed them what I was doing. I didn't have them making copies and all that. I was listening to phone calls. I took them on calls with me so they could see what the interaction was. They were extremely comfortable with the sales part. Okay, sales is not the problem. You know, these were outgoing kids. They had no problem. Um, so when we had them, uh, hired them and brought them in, they didn't know what an application was. They had never heard of an accord form. Never heard of it. So I'm furious. Um, I called the dean at the time. It was not Dr. Gardner. And I said, uh, I got an idea for you. You know, you should teach accord forms. And uh, I said, yeah, okay. Kind of a life guy. Great guy. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, so, so Dr. Gardner, I met her in, in September of 2018. I right? remember the timing when I started doing this. At, uh, they have an annual golf outing, which is fantastic, right? It's great. And um, I was introduced to her, and I was rather rude, and I didn't mean to be. I was, you know, just had enough. Um, and, and I said, yeah, this is like Jeff McIntyre, he supports our program. And I said, yeah, you need, you need to change what you're teaching. And she said, I want to know what you mean. And she didn't have a business card. She took the other guy's card and wrote her name on it. And, um, and her email address. So I emailed her like 45 pages of Accord forms. All right, so that sounds like a lot. That's a typical account. That's a middle market account. If you ever go look at the pages that are in there. Um, so yep. I sent those to her and I said, this is what an agent has to know. This is what an underwriter has to be able to read. So the underwriter cares about. <clears throat> and now, Now, Dr. Lisa Gardner is an absolutely fantastic person, a great educator, very smart. She'd never seen him before, or, or maybe heard of him, not, not up close. So she said, I, I want to have lunch with you, bring someone else over. So I said, great. And so I, I drove to Richmond, this is 30 miles, right? Just up the road. And Oscar brought manuals, right? The, the classification manuals, the work comp manual, and the, Yeah. Scopes guide, right? This big old monster. 
right? And I said, okay, so these are other things that we have to do. Well, they, they didn't know about them. They didn't use them. It's not part of academia. And she was very familiar. She had someone that was a family member that had gone through a program, got hired, uh, and you mentioned it before, uh, actually was a life insurance agency. Um, They're very nice, put him through a little training program, then handed him a phone book, stuck him in a cubicle and goes itself. And of course he, he learned to hate insurance. He got, he got no help. So it was very personal to her. She knew there was a disconnect uh, that was going on. So she said, there's a problem though, Jeff. And I said, well, what is the problem? She said, there's no book. There's no book that teaches these things. There's no book that talks about this. And this is where I made my fatal mistake. Hell, I can write that book. (laughs) I can write that book. This is stuff I do every day. You know, I do it every day. Uh, I can write that for you. So that's how they they fooled you into writing it. (laughs) They didn't fool me. I fooled myself, right? Uh, I forgot that I'm not a writer. Um, that English was was how I just barely got through college, right? I, I, I did graduate. Um, I had no idea what I'd been off. As a matter of fact, I said, well, when would you like it? I can have it done by January. No. So it took four times as long as, as expected. No earthly idea, right? So um, I typed every word. Um and I would type sections, and then I actually had a, a CE instructor um, oh. that, uh, that I sent it to, and he thought it was great. He said, this is great, Jeff, because when you get this done, I want to teach it, because the number one request I get from agents for classes is how to complete applications. That is... And so, so there's so, no material. Are, 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 you, are, are you at least a good typist, or, or was this oh, no. a like, one-finger peck? No, no, no. <laughs> No, it's, uh, no, I have zero skills, zero skills. Um, oh, it's terrible. It, it really is. I mean, texting, this is, my kids know, do not text me. Call me. If you text me, I'm going to, I'm going to call you. And, <laughs> and then first you I'm going to yell at you for texting me. Because, <laughs> you know, I have, I have paws, right? These are paws. And those little pads, I mean, I hit all kinds of shit. Spell check is not my friend. Um, yeah. I was talking to my daughter. This is how I know she's my daughter. Neither one of us can spell restaurant. And, and spell check won't help you. You know, if you, you add a few you, things. To that, you you, you have to be close for a spell check to, to help you. <laughs> you have yeah. to be within, within spinning range of the right word. Uh, if yeah, you're the, completely off, it oh, can't read joke, your mind. <laughs> look at the offices. You know, when someone goes, how do you spell so-and-so? And they're looking at me. I'm like, no, you, you lost your mind. I can tell you how not to spell it. Um, so yeah, it, I, I can't. I can't really over exaggerate how how stupid that was for me to volunteer to write a book, um, and how painful it was. But I, I think I told you earlier, I'm hard headed. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to figure out how to do it. Um, I I, uh, I had someone fall pity on me and said, "Well, there's this software. It's called Dragon. Right? You've heard of Dragon software?" All right, so no. it's, this, it's this headset, and I speak into it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And, and, it, and it types. So I'm like, oh, I have to have that, right? So I got it. Well, there's a couple of problems. I chewed back, and I'm from Kentucky. And the people that wrote Dragon 
neither are from Kentucky nor chew tobacco. They, 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 so, they use perfect Midwestern English. No. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> to trade the thing. <laughs> so I would just be, I'd just be kicking it, right? Uh, five pages, five pages. And then I'd print it off so that I could review it because I've got a little dyslexia problem. So I have to start over, right? If I get interrupted, I have to start over. And um, I didn't know what I was reading. It, it was a nightmare. It's like 300 bucks. I'm like, I had to destroy this damn thing. It cost me time. So I, I literally hunt and peck as over 134,000 words in there. Yeah, it's, it's, were, it's a beast. They were daggers. They were daggers. Yeah. It's it, it it's it's a mist. It it the printed version comes to two hundred sixty eight pages or so, two hundred, but they're like full sized eight and a half by eleven pages, right? Um, I I don't know if top ahead uh, how many words any of the insurance nerds books had, uh, but I think Rob's is the longest uh, at the end of insurance as we know it, and even that one because it's in paperback format. Uh, it, it, it's. I don't believe it's 180,000 words. That's a. That, yeah, that that is a lengthy volume. 134,000, and um, I don't talk about policy language. I do, and I don't. Okay, so it's timeless, and then I did not tie it to any policy. Okay, so I use general terminology. The thing is, uh, we well, work for Liberty. Uh, Liberty has 10 different property forms they use. So I'm going to teach you the wrong one. But I teach you the general things that are in most of them, and then I tell you what to look for. Mm-hmm. And, and depending on, on what kind of a class or what kind of thing, the easiest way to find that, call the underwriter and ask questions. You, you have to learn to ask for help. The, the two young guys that I hired is, is, is something that I found from them they thought they had to learn it by themselves and going and asking people for help. You know, they had that school mentality, like it's cheating, right? Okay. No, this is all phone your friend. This is all ask, ask someone else. And that's consistent with the younger folks who they come out of college and, and they're concerned. Well, it's open book test. So this is, this is cheap. This is ask people. This is find out the right answer. Your only task is to get the right answer. You can ask anyone and everyone that you want. You can use whatever kind of reference. And in fact, that's the true test. Will you? And so one, one and, and both of them quit. We generally don't fire people because they just quit because it's too damn hard because we make it too damn hard. Um, and they're both, I, I stay in touch with them both. They're fantastic, really smart, talented people. Um, but they, one of them came to me after They'd done the deed. I'm like, oh my God, you know, this is, you should have come ask for help. I would explain this. But he told me that <clears throat> he thought he had to learn it himself. And, and I, it, it didn't dawn on me, you know, before that, that, that they had this idea. And I said, well, you can't. And, and I talk about that a lot in the book. This is a team sport. You, you cannot learn this on your own. Now, you're also responsible for if you sit there and wait and don't go try to find an answer, well, that's on you. So, so you have to be a detective. You, you have to, to study. I mean, even the title's sort of a joke. Uh, insurance genius was a joke, okay? It was my working title. Um, 
someone had told me, I, I mentioned that, you should read that section there, but um, I wanted to use the commercial insurance detective because it, it really fits. You, you, you're asking questions. I had, I had a client that told me, uh, I was reminding me of Columbo, right? I always had one more damn question, um, but I always figured it out. Um, so insurance genius to me was, sounds obnoxious, right? It's, it's kind of arrogant. You know, I'm the insurance genius. Well, no. Um, but it was because it was a joke. Someone, someone told me I didn't know shit about anything except insurance. They said, you're an insurance genius, but you're a complete dumbass and anything else. And, and so I said back to him, so you think I'm an insurance genius? Thanks. Uh, which just pissed him off worse. So that was kind of the joke of it. But the publisher and, and others said, no, 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 you need to keep that name. Uh, so I really don't like it. But uh, the, the commercial insurance detective, I think, is a little I, li- I like that one better. I, I agree that I, I, li- I like that one better. Uh, so, so I will include, uh, when this goes live, I believe next Monday, I will include a link to your LinkedIn profile and I will include a link to the books page. So for uh, risk management schools that want a practical hands-on type of class, here, here's your, your book to do it. Uh, still working on how to actually teach it, but here's the book. New agents, agencies and brokerages hiring new agents. And that's basically every agency and brokerage as, as you know, everybody's struggling with, with how to hire them. Here's your answer. You might need some help to execute, but, but here, here's your answer. Uh, and uh, for, for, for new agents, it's an investment if the company's not paying for it. But if it gets you one more deal in the first year after you buy it, it's more than paid for itself. So yeah. I, 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 would, I would think... Um, that that especially if you're sitting in a, in a, in a, in a, in a typical uh, broker producer role where you have three years to figure out how to do this before your salary disappears and it starts disappearing right you you have a year before losing a third of it uh, I would certainly uh, look look at look at the investment because you're right there is nothing else out there I mean definitely but by, by the the uh, the, uh, the the wedge uh, but but. Yeah, there's nothing else out there to teach you how to fill the application correctly and quickly build that relationship with the, with the underwriter. Yeah, I, I think the wedge tells you why you need to buy this book. Um, <laughs> honestly, you, know, just, you can sell if you use wedges. Well, well, here they are. Um, this book, if you're if you're if you have someone out there that's currently a young agent, first couple of years, and it has a mentor. Uh, this book was written for mentors, okay, from an agency level, um, because speaking as a, as a prior mentor, this is what I didn't have. I didn't have a structured program. So I started working with an agent here They're doing this. It's been fantastic. I mean, now, they're, now they get it. They, they told me, says, I, I have all this confidence now. I understand what I'm doing. So they read like uh, 20 pages. And then they come in and talk to you. So a mentor has time to do that. We can have an hour discussion. But we can't write 134,000 words in 269 pages um, just to help you, you know, get where you need to go. So this is extremely valuable. 
Um, and even, yeah, if the mentor is not going to buy it or the AG is not going to buy it, you go buy it. Um, and I, I didn't mention, but I didn't do this to make money. I'm going to donate whatever net profits that I get back to the universities and back to scholarship funds and back to help maybe children. My wife, you know, is going to get a lot of say in this. Um, but I didn't do it for that. And, and I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the humanistic part of it. All those people that I've tried to train that, that failed, it, it hurts. Um, and it matters to me. And I finally did something about it. And that's what I'm proud of. Um, if it helps other people, then, then all the better. Um, but I didn't need to, to write this book. Um, but really, I did. Uh, and I'm really kind of 50-50 with it. I'm, half of me says, I wrote it, the hell with it. They figure it out, they don't figure it out. I don't care. The other half of me thinks, well, no. Um, if you really want to help people, then, then really help them. So I'm reluctant in this role. Um, you got me on the 50% let's try to help people and push it forward day. Uh, but, you know. The rest of the time, I'm like, look, this was so painful. I just don't care anymore. Make it go away. Make it go away. Um, so I, I can deal with that conflict. Uh, th th thank you for, for reaching out and uh, making me aware of the book existence. Thank you. Thank you for, for the review copy. Uh, and uh, thank you for, for uh, coming on the podcast. Uh, I think this will be very helpful to a lot of young agents out there. I can't tell you how often I have young agents reaching out and they're just kind of lost. And I've never done it before. So, so I, I pointed to some resources, but I can't guide them myself. Uh, so, so I'm glad that somebody put it down on paper. Uh, and I look forward to, to see the next pieces of it, whatever that might, whether that's the teaching guide or, or whether that's, that's an online class or, or however the, however you end, you end up landing on, on, or on the extra pieces of it, which I agree would be super helpful. Uh, looking forward to, to that. I think you're doing really important work for the industry. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this is also my first podcast, so you broke my chair. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to do a lot more, uh, we, we know most of them. <laughs> Just let me know. I'm happy to make introductions. Well, uh, you, you read the book, and um, you know, I, I think it'd be great to, to have free. Uh, like YouTube training uh, that they can read the book on their own and then we can maybe have topics and, and discuss them and, and those sorts of things and invite other people in. I don't own this book. This is for the entire industry. It's my sincere hope that someone will improve it and push that further. You know, I'm, I, I place the first stone. So I put it. I yeah, can't uh, put that any better. That's a great mic drop. Thank you for thank you for coming today.